Hello. Hello. I'm Justin. I'm Allison. And this is Robots on Typewriters, episode number 53. No, it's not. Four. <laughs> yeah. Five. <laughs> it's 54. 51, 2, 3, 4, 5. Everybody who's a robot, get alive. Yeah, so this is Robots on Typewriters. But what is Robots on Typewriters? I'm glad you asked. Thanks. Is it my turn? I thought I did it I last week. I think I did oh, it. Oh, we tag teamed it last week. No, we did it word by word. Uh, yeah, we have to do it word by word, but in reverse this week. Uh, Actually, okay. you know what? It's my hat. The old tradition is he who yeah. hats. He who bats. hats. Bats. Yep. Yep, bat camp. Uh, Robots on Typewriters <laughs> is a podcast oh, all about AI, computational creativity, algorithms, random generation. That sort of thing, as it's used to make creative stuff. So we highlight from around the internet creative stuff that's going on with algorithms and computers, and then we use some of those tools to make a game of our own, to make something creative and fun as well. And in our first segment, the Zesty Hat, we highlight some of those creative things going on around the web. And this week, we are back in separate uh, countries yeah. We are on separate continents again, and it is my turn to give a zesty hat. So this hat is something that was going around uh, some of your more popular places on the web the last few days. It was in like New Scientist, it was on Technology Review, it was in Vice, it was in MIT, yeah, MIT Technology Review. It was in all, all sorts of uh, kind of layperson uh, technology magazines and publications. Ooh. The headline was, training a single AI model can emit as much carbon as five cars in their lifetimes. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> so this is based on a study that was done at University of Massachusetts Amherst, and it looked at five natural language processing models, including our old friend GPT, uh-huh. And looking at the computational cost of training those very large models that have uh, upwards of 100 million parameters. Um, so some of this, I'll, I'll kind of cut through the, the sensationalism of the headline and explain okay. the authors of the scientific papers methodology here. So some of the training of these models is uh, publicly available. They looked at some transformer-based models, like the original transformer paper, the uh, attention is the only thing that matters or something like that. They looked mm. at models known as both BERT and ELMO, which are uh. <laughs> uh, neural network and transformer-based natural language processing models. And they looked at our old friend GPT-2, the OpenAI transformer-based uh, model for language. And they looked at how all of these models were trained and how computationally intensive that was. Um, a lot of these models were trained since they're they're made by the big private companies and they're made on... Uh, they're either made by those companies like OpenAI or they're trained on the resources from those companies like Amazon Web Servers and Google Cloud. Uh, they were actually trained on tensor processing units, TPUs. That's a piece of hardware that your laptop probably doesn't have inside it. It's used uh, for this sort of thing, for really high-end machine learning, AI training. Um, so the commercial availability of how 
how energy efficient those units are isn't widely known. So they, mm-hmm. the authors had to make some, uh, some guesswork estimations as to how that translates to just training these on your GPU. And they looked at how, um, how tr- expensive it would be in terms of computational power, in terms of energy to train these large models on a graphics processing unit like your computer at home might have or like your university's computer that you might uh, use for academic work might have. And they found, yeah, for a full training from scratch of one of these models, they estimated it would cost about, uh, it would output about 600,000 pounds of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere for a large transformer-based model like GPT-2 or ELMO. Um, That is... That is more than a car in its lifetime, which is crazy. Yeah, what has a bigger carbon footprint? This kind of transformer or the kind of transformer that is a car and Optimus a robot? Prime or yeah. GPT-2. <laughs> yeah. But uh, some caveats here. One, of course, these large models aren't weren't trained on GPUs. They were trained on TPUs that uh, are much more energy efficient. So it's not completely clear what the energy output was in the actual training of these models. Okay. When we say training these models as well, that's the full training process. So when you type something into talk to transformer or something, that doesn't output more than a car <laughs> in its lifetime. Right. You're not yeah. retraining the model. You're uh, generating something from the model based on uh, some small amount of data you're training it on, but you're not. <laughs> right, right. You're not right. giving it. You know the forty gigabytes or whatever it was, forty terabyte. You're not giving it an ungodly amount of internet text data and training 100 million parameters uh, fresh. So uh, when most people use these these models, they're already pre-trained, like the the versions we use on this show are pre-trained models. So the authors really made this, uh, put out this paper more as a guideline for AI researchers saying, uh, be mindful of the techniques we're using, how training these models fresh is computationally intensive we should look Mm -hmm. for more low power ways to train models but also it's uh expensive in terms of cost too that places like google and amazon have those tensor processing units have the ability to uh get this sort of research done get this sort of get these sort of models trained but uh a researcher or a hobbyist doesn't really have access to that so they're also calling for more open access or government funded uh like cloud compute centers where this sort of thing can be more publicly available to people and be done in a more um energy uh efficient way and a more carbon neutral way yeah finally um as much of the backlash online to this has said well, a lot of this is done on the Google Cloud, and they're uh, carbon neutral. Kind of true, and that should be commended. Google uh, proudly advertises that for every kilowatt hour they spend uh, throughout the company, they put one kilowatt hour back onto the grid in renewable resources. Hmm. That's not to say that like at the Google Cloud farm, they have a giant you know, hydrostatic plant or something, yeah. but they do uh, subsidize their own electricity costs that way. So some of the other big companies like Amazon could stand to follow that lead and subsidize uh, renewable resources. But uh, overall, I think the this paper and the sensationalized headline version of it 
um, does bring up some interesting points that more energy efficient AI is needed and more equitably accessible AI is needed. So it's not yeah. just big companies uh, burning through six cars to train a new <laughs> cool language model. Yeah, that I mean, that is like something that I never would have thought about because this stuff is so kind of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like incorporeal, like it doesn't exist physically. Yeah, or? like I, I because like I don't think about like you know where all of that stuff happens and and how these these models get trained. Um, it is crazy to realize that that like yeah, there's like some big old computers doing a lot of shit to make this happen. And yeah, I'm sure has, back during uh, like yeah. the the Bitcoin bubble, you would have heard a lot of stories about the same sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like Bitcoin mining costs X amount yeah, of yeah, yeah, all that yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. It's the same sort of process to train large AI, where it's using uh, constantly using a GPU or a TPU at like mm -hmm. high power. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's very interesting, and it is like it's interesting just to like now have that fact in our brains. And um, I mean. I don't know what you'd do about it if that's somebody else's job. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the takeaway for me is I think a lot of people read that headline and said like, oh, shit, yeah. maybe we should not be doing AI research. And I don't think that's what the original yeah. academic article was saying. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I think instead, yeah, we can be mindful that there are ways that this uh, this whole field risks becoming uh, harmful for the environment and unequitable that it only allows big, rich companies to do this kind of research. But... If we're mindful of that now, in kind of the early days of this stuff, uh, we can definitely take steps to avoid those negative outcomes. Yeah. Well, that was a very that was a very uh, insightful hat. We yeah. So we have another segment on this show, and it is called our trashy toy. And I am gonna take that hat off <laughs> and throw it up, throw it away. It's I'll time to make this a comedy podcast again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, speaking of GPT, I always get those letters mixed up. Last week, we played with um, Talk to Transformer. Um, we kind of just uh, loosely played around with it while we were all hanging out at Justin's house in Dublin. And that was really fun. Um, and Talk to Transformer and GPT-2 are hot shit right now. So um, we're going to keep playing with it because um, I think that there's a lot that we can there's a lot of ways that we can play around with Talk to Transformer, and um, we're just excited to keep messing around with this guy because he's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So uh, what we are going to do today is I have um, – I pulled up randomlist.com, uh, one of our favorite websites, and I have the random movie generator here. Um, and so I am going to make you, Justin, guess what in the world Talk to Transformer is talking about. Um, uh, and do you want do you want to give a just a very brief uh, refresher on like what Talk to Transformer is and like what what we're doing, like what I'm sure, doing here yes. on my end? So while you get stuff ready, I will describe Talk to Transformer. So Talk to Transformer uses GPT-2's. Uh, 117M medium-sized publicly available model. It's a giant language model that is uh, it's transformer-based, so it's good at identifying kind of key words rather than identifying uh, what word should come after what word. It's kind of good at putting together whole sentences, 
but still doing it the way uh, other neural nets do, where it's just one sentence, one word at a time, uh, guessing what should come next. So what Allison's going to do is probably feed a bit of a plot synopsis for a movie to G, uh, to talk to transformer.com, and that will have GPT-2 guess what should come next after that and probably give me uh, entire movie plots made <laughs> up by GPT-2. Yeah, so um, I'm going to try to have you guess... Um, what uh, what movie I have fed to uh, talk to Transformer based on um, what it outputs, what it continues on, um, and I actually I have a question. So I've I've put one in here, and there are some like it, there are some like highly defining like say character names or something. Do you for the sake of um, you know the guessing mystery? Should I yeah. do you want me to like censor those out? Yeah, why not? Uh, okay. Why not leave them out for now, and then if yeah. I don't know, we can. You yeah. can give me the names. Okay. All right. Well, um, here, here, here's your first one. Um, plot edit. The cast includes Jennifer Lawrence, Josh Gad, Emma Watson, Josh Hutcherson, Ed Screen, Josh Gad, Kevin Klein, Ed Screen, Jesse Eisenberg, Idris Elba, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, and Dan Stevens. That is star-studded. <laughs> yeah. Josh Gad is in it twice. And so um, is Kevin Screen or whatever. <laughs> Ed Screen. I don't know who that is. I don't, don't know, know if guy. he's real. The rest of these are real guys. The rest of these are real guys. They've got. He's got to be real. Yeah, he's real. He is Deadpool. Nope. He is in Deadpool. He is not Deadpool. <laughs> in the book, blank... Uh, breaks into a private home and finds several servants with him and his friend, Jack. She starts making a discovery. Blank is missing. Not only has Blank vanished, she has vanished from her body. The servants begin to fear what has happened to Blank. The song was written by Tom Sawyer and composed by David Byrne. It wow. originated... <laughs> It originated as a radio play for the first time in 2004. Byrne later released a music album entitled Blank's Song, released on September 26, 2005. When the... Hmm. That's it. So I'm going to say that this is Hunger Games. It is not, but I can see why you would think that because the cast includes Jennifer Lawrence and Josh Hutcherson. Yes, that was a hundred percent of my reasoning for thinking that. I will um, tell you that some of the some of the cast that was listed is in fact very indicative of what this movie is, and I can list the cast again if you'd like. All right, I'm thinking. Yeah, give me some cast members again. Okay. This cast includes Jennifer Lawrence, Josh Gad, Emma Watson, Josh Hutcherson, Ed Screen, Josh Gad, Kevin Klein, Ed Screen, Jesse Eisenberg, Idris Elba, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, and Dan Stevens. All right. Um, I think this must be an Avengers movie. <laughs> you're wrong still. <laughs> what? You're, oh, I think man. You're, you're, you, you've hinged on to, there's like two like red hair, like, or, um. Redheads. Yeah, there's two, um. Uh, dead end pairs in there that you've uh, you've yeah that time I heard Ruffalo and RDJ and I was like I don't know that screen (laughs) guy was probably someone else in yeah no you've you've taken both the wrong roads so that I think you eliminated the ones that so now I have to think what was Emma Watson in with Josh Uh Gad and Idris Uh Elba uh huh um am I outing myself as a philistine to say I don't know man. No, I mean. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. 
<laughs> so um, I will actually, I'll read you the middle uh, paragraph again with what I edited out okay, in the book. Okay, please do. The beast breaks into a private home and finds several servants with him and his friend Jack. She makes a startling discovery. The beast is missing. Not only has the beast vanished, she has vanished from her body. The <laughs> servants begin to fear what has happened to the beast. Wow. Okay. Now I see it. Yep. Yeah. Was right. Idris Elba in Beauty and the Beast? I think he was. I think he played the voice of one of the like furniture shits. I Maybe. see. I could be totally wrong about who that. Who was the beast in that movie? Dan Stevens, who was hmm. the last cat. He was last build <laughs> in apparently, according to Talk to Transformer. I see. I didn't actually know Josh Gad was in that, but I once yeah, I like thought about Luffy. him, I was like, okay, it's something with animated, but also with Emma Watson. Yeah. All right, let's see. This has got a lot going on here. Okay. Oh, yes. Hit me it with this. It is directed by... Um, actually, let, let me... let me. Look, I'm not good enough with directors. Even if it's real, you can... Okay. <laughs> it is directed by Joe and Anthony Russo and is written by Anthony and Joe Russo. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. <laughs> the film stars Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Zendaya, Palm Clementif, Chris That's Evans, a real Paul Bettany. I, I believe it. I just couldn't say it. Um, Paul Bettany, Jeremy Renner, Scarlett Johansson, Samuel L. Jackson, Sebastian Stan, Elizabeth Olsen, Anthony Mackie, and Michael B. Jordan. It will premiere in a wide international release on May 1st, 2008, on May 3rd, 2008, on May 5th, 2008, on May 8th, 2008, and on May 10th, 2008. James hmm. Moss Barnes Evans joins an unconventional team of blank, including Tony Stark. Like, like I, so good. I already know this Tony is Stark. an Avengers movie because the Russo brothers wrote that. This is, it is an Avengers movie, but this is really good. Yeah, hit me um, with it. Sorry. <laughs> James Moss Barnes, and then like in parentheses to say who, he pl it says Evans, joins an unconventional team of Avengers, including Tony Stark, Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Evans, Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston, Mark Ruffalo, Rachel McAdams, McAdams, Mark Ruffalo Jr., Ruffalo, Samuel <laughs> Jackson, playing Jackson, his own son, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. I loved, yeah, I loved the Avengers. The um, so this was Avengers: Infinity, Infinity War, and I loved that in that one they had uh, Tony Stark played by Chris Hemsworth. They just did a little weird uh, mix him up for that one. I also like that most of the Avengers were the actors being played by either <laughs> themselves or different Avengers actors. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. Um, yeah, who was, I don't, yeah, nobody, everybody played themselves except for Mark Ruffalo Jr. was played <laughs> also by Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> I see, fair yeah, enough, is, yeah. Does, is there a Mark Ruffalo Jr. that, like, is known in, I don't know. I saw Mark Ruffalo Jr. walking with the Queen. His hair was perfect. I'm sure the junior was stolen from Robert Downey Jr. Oh, <laughs> you right. Here's your next one. The film chronicles Blank's life and career over the course of two decades. This summer, after eight years in development, director Morton Tildum is planning to shoot the film in Montreal. It will then have to go through four productions, one in China, a second in England and France, and an international run in Europe following finalizing the filming. The cast will also would also include Matthew Lesher, Christopher Jones, <laughs> Christopher Jones in one role, and and Sam Hugan, who played the title character in Atonement. <laughs> you know, 
title character. <laughs> John Atonement. <laughs> yeah. um, Lesher recently won an Oscar for his work in blank, playing one of the leads, Winston Smith, who eventually falls in love with his new... Who eventually... <laughs> his new... <laughs> really good but i can't read it to you who eventually falls in love with his new best friend the computer blank <laughs> the film's original cast includes matthew mcconaughey daniel kalua kaluya emma watson hugh jackman tom hardy martin freeman mark strong robert pattinson michelle monaghan julianne moore and daniel radcliffe with rachel wise and helena bonham carter to guest star in one scene and <laughs> And appear as the movie's leads. <laughs> the, the film is directed by Morton Tildum and produced by Charlie Kaufman, Charlie Kaufman Productions. All right. Wow. That took some turns at the end where it suddenly has like the cast of a Harry Potter movie. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that this is a Harry Potter movie. It is not. Mm, Should have known better. GPT-2 likes to group together actors that apparently are this are in the same thing but are not yeah i don't know yeah <laughs> so this sounded like it's about like a real life person where it mm -hmm. said it's about their like life and career you'd be correct i'm gonna say it's like well there's no good reason to think this but what about lincoln no let me read you another sentence and i um now do it in a character voice or <laughs> no <laughs> um i'm gonna i'm gonna read you a sentence again and this one uh might help you a little bit uh but i think it's actually gonna lead you astray because i can't say the name yet playing one of the leads winston smith who eventually falls in love with his new best friend the computer blank and then there's a name that i can't tell you but it's really good uh is this her that's i knew you were gonna think oh uh, wait a second I'm that's not about a real guy <laughs> No, it's the biopic uh, her. Wait, is this the uh is this the uh the Alan Turing movie? Yeah, is this imitation game? You got it. It's the imitation game. Yeah. Nice. So Winston Smith eventually falls in love with his new best friend, the computer Al Turing. <laughs> oh man, perfect. Yeah. I forgot that Alan Turing is gay, so that works. Well yeah, it's true. Um but yeah, I, I don't, did he, I've, I've seen that movie, can't remember if he ever actually goes by Al, but I really like. I highly doubt he goes by Al Turing. It's also funny because like, because it's like A in a lowercase L, it kind of looks like AI. <laughs> AI Turing. That's what the computer was named. Yeah. I like this trend so far of guessing like one or two wrong ones and then getting it right. <laughs> it's like the right difficulty level. All right, here's your next one. It is also the highest grossing film to reach 1 million at the domestic box office, 1 million in its first weekend. Blank stars... <laughs> it's a weird bad sentence. Blank stars Blank Star and Disney Studios alum Adam Beach as Kevin, the brother of a popular movie theater critic. His brother was recently killed by a stray bullet in a traffic accident. <laughs> That's one thing to call a shootout, a traffic accident. <laughs> um, Wait, Kevin, I also, I, I need to say this while I remember it. Sure. His brother wasn't a movie critic. He's a movie theater critic. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Um, Cineplex Kevin, on 4th Street, two stars. Kevin's, uh, Kevin's character goes to live with his brother's parents. Are they not his parents, too? <laughs> But his childhood home is burned to the ground. Kevin, Kevin ta 
takes over the theater that has been damaged by a mysterious killer from his childhood. This guy cannot win. He he begins. <laughs> Wait, there's to- a killer from his childhood. Yeah. Don't you have one? Yeah. He began he begins to understand the truth behind the accident, but the story he is about to discover could be devastating. Kevin must help his brother regain his life. <laughs> an, 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 uh, euphemism for necromancy and continue to investigate the mystery surrounding the accident before the mysterious killers arrive. While his brother and family must deal with these obstacles, Kevin begins to figure out who is manipulating the media outlets and whether he knows who the killer really is. He also discovers that maybe the truth would would be revealed most importantly to him will just take him by surprise and perhaps save his brother's life. <laughs> All right, so what I'm getting from all of this is that this guy doesn't understand what, like, murder or crime is and just thinks everything (laughs) is a tragic accident. (laughs) It's a traffic accident. Did you think Uh, I said traffic? Traffic accident, I see. So his brother was killed by a stray bullet in a traffic accident. (laughs) Got rear-ended, gun went (laughs) off. You know, these things happen. Yeah. (laughs) All right, yeah, um... I was about to say, uh, give me three names because I thought this was <laughs> I thought we were playing. the Leonard Malton game. Uh, we can't play the Leonard Malton game on a podcast again or else Doug Benson might yell at us on Twitter He again. might kill us in a traffic accident. <laughs> he might. All right. Uh, anyway, three names, please. No, uh, I think this movie, so it very early on said Disney. Uh-huh. That is good. You should... You that should, is good. You should um, cling on to that and practically nothing else. All right. I also heard like childhood home. I'm going to say this is up. It's not, but it's not a bad guess. Mm, I'm going to ask I mean, it's, what's up. What's up. It's a movie by um, <laughs> Pixar Disney. That's how I always answer that question. Uh <laughs> Uh, it's like the biggest shithead thing to do. Hey, what's up? Uh, it's a movie by uh, Pixar and Disney about uh, No, it would be a shithead thing to do it in that voice, but it would be a funny thing to do it in a great Alexa impression. Up is a 2006 <laughs> movie or whatever. That actually is a really good bit. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try that one at, at the office. That's somewhere where it would go over well. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, maybe like Toy Story 3. No, but that's also pretty, like, that's actually getting even closer in a way, I think, maybe. I've never actually seen this movie, but I know you have. uh, Inside Out. No, I I don't know that you've seen that movie. (laughs) Oh, weird. Um, Am I supposed to know when you saw that movie? That no, big, I don't know. Big it's just weird oh, okay. that me, me, Mario, and Chief saw that together. I would have thought you were there. Anyway. Which one? Uh, I almost said, Wait. what's up? <laughs> Inside Out. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, no, I... Uh, no. What is up? No. Ah, <laughs> uh, God. It's I, a Pixar I can movie that. from the I mid don't... to late 2000s, correct? Um, I actually don't know. It is an Pixar. animated movie from the mid to late 2000s yeah. that I have seen. Yeah. I, um. Okay, actually, I I know that... I'm I'm sure you've seen this. Um, okay, but, you don't and- know that I've seen it, but you're sure that I've seen it. <laughs> um, and it's something that you and Mario and Chief would have seen together. And like, I know you saw the first one together. It is a sequel. How to Train Your Dragon 2. No. Wreck-It Ralph 2. Yeah. <laughs> I have not seen it. And Chief you only haven't. just saw it on her flight home. Okay. I, I Yeah, that's why I like, I realize I know you guys were like into the first one, but I yes. wasn't sure if you've seen the second one. Wow. So well, Kevin's brother, <laughs> Ralph, was killed in a traffic accident. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, the first line was the only thing that I couldn't really, or the second line, it's it goes, breaks the internet stars, Ralph breaks the internet star, and <laughs> Disney Studios <laughs> alum Adam Beach. <laughs> wow, that's a really great way of saying that. <laughs> Um, who's, do you know who Adam Beach is? Is that a real guy? I, that's not the, that's not who plays Ralph. Okay. Who plays Kevin though in Wreck-It Ralph? Adam Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Adam Beach is known for a bunch of shit I've never heard of. Okay. Well, he plays Kevin in this movie. Um, I kind of want to read through this one more time because it is, I want to like, there's like some kind of plot here, but I don't. It's hard to follow. Uh, he, for, hold on. This is a pretty good line from Adam Beach's Wikipedia. Okay. His second... So in like the description of who he is, it's mm-hmm. he is best known for his role as Victor in Smoke Signals. Don't know that. Okay. Frank Fencepost in Dance Me Outside. <laughs> Dance Me Outside. How about that? Yeah, that's, okay. that is all. Okay. Very weird. Well, he, he uh, plays Kevin in this movie, the brother of... <laughs> Okay, so he is the brother of the popular movie theater critic, and the popular movie theater critic is the one who was killed by a stray bullet in a traffic accident. And then Kevin goes to live with his brother's parents, ostensibly his own parents as well. Yep. And his childhood home is burned to the ground. So then Kevin takes over the theater that that has been damaged by a mysterious killer from his childhood. I'm assuming the mysterious killer just like put gum under one of the armrests or something like that. So what I'm hearing through all this, if it's a Ralph, Wreck-It Ralph thing, they all like live inside arcade machines. So maybe they live in like an arcade machine in a movie theater. And like, that's what's happening here. Like the killer like played the arcade machine years before. Yeah, okay, yeah. And he like got mad at it and kicked it and damaged it. Yeah, this is some like dimension shifting stuff. Stuff yeah. Right now. Um, so he begins to understand the truth behind the accident. I'm assuming the traffic accident that killed his brother. But the yep. story he is about to discover could be devastating. He must help his brother regain his life. He brings him back yeah, to life. It's a video game thing. <laughs> yeah. He can get an, a, an extra yeah. life. And continue to investigate the mystery before the mysterious killers arrive. It's just a bunch of like punk teenagers that come to the theater every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I <laughs> Wreck It Ralph 2 is great. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, here's your next one. On April 28th, 1764, a party of Irish sailors from Dublin met in an English port on the Irish Sea to celebrate the arrival of Queen Mary II during her last shipyard voyage. The ship was a cargo ship in the Bay of Plenty in the English Channel. Blank tells the story of the crew's arrival at the Bay of Plenty where the ship was carrying a treasure of King Richard the Lionheart from the East Indies of the Caribbean. The pirate raid on the ship was the culmination of a series of events as they raided British ports all over Europe in the years following the discovery of the treasure. The crew made use of a large wooden of large wooden cannons to shoot the English sailors from the ships while also hunting them with fireballs, and the ship was wrecked by an explosion of cannonballs. During the looting of the ship and the pirates' arrival, the treasure was discovered. Richard, Richard the Lionheart, accompanied by one of his sons, Edward, became a hero, and the crew began to rebuild the ship. During their reconstruction, a, p- <laughs> a pirate named... <laughs> Do you know what this is yet? This must be one of the Pirates of the Caribbean okay, movies. Okay, then I... During the, this is how it, this ends. During the reconstruction, a, pa- a pirate named Patrick Sparrow... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it is, in fact, one of the... One, it's, it's Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. <laughs> 
Um, I'm getting, I thought this was going to be really good, but I keep getting really short kind of like nondescript blurbs, but I do want to redo this one so that when you find out what movie it is, we can enjoy this. Um, for its release, it received an A- cinema score from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. It began its worldwide theatrical life <laughs> theatrical life in China on the 2nd of December 2002 with a release to over 100 cinemas and was then expanded into the U.S. on the 25th of September with a nationwide premiere. It also screened in Japan on New Year's Eve 2003. It earned an R rating until March 2006 with a revised score and a B rating for censorship content <laughs> by october it had sold 50 million copies worldwide the film also appeared on the, in the british screens and sold 3.4 <laughs> not a real number it's 3.4 comma zero 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 comma zero 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 at the domestic box office despite the success <laughs> critics praised the film for the fact that it featured a, a predominantly asian cast <laughs> now just remember that fact okay um, okay, predominantly Asian cast, maybe. Debuted mm -hmm. in China, maybe. R mm -hmm. rating revised to a B rating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what does B stand for in terms of audience ratings? Bad. <laughs> There's general audiences. Uh, mm. what's, what is, what's up? What's, what's up? What? There's parental <laughs> guidance. Parental guidance 13. Bad and restricted. <laughs> yeah. Predominantly Asian cast. Well, that means it's not Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll, I'm gonna. I've got another short blurb. I'll, I don't know if this one's going to help either. Sure. Accor according to the film's official website, Warner Brothers Pictures decided to give the film the title due to a confusing spelling change of Blank's name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't tell you yet, but I can't wait. Um, <laughs> Warner uh, Brothers press release also lists the fact that Blank had an epilogue while the English language version gives the story as its official ending. Both the French and Spanish language releases mention the possibility of releasing a revised version of the film, although they have not yet officially confirmed their intentions. In May 2015, Warner Brothers Pictures announced that a version of the film, which was filmed in India, was delayed several months to allow a studio to better adapt Warner Brothers Pictures release. Wow, okay. I'm going to take some of that as, okay. like, actual fact there. Okay. Which part? Uh, I'm going to think that it really is Asian. I'm going to think it really is Warner Brothers and, like, had a lot of, like, needed a lot of, like, local adaptations. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm trying to think what, what all this adds up to. Is it a recent movie? No, not super recent. Is it actually Asian? No, not one bit. All right, cool. Uh, I can tell so you, now I'm, I'm going to latch on to the, the movie was named for a misspelling of the main character's name. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I think maybe it was like, uh, ooh, there must be something like that where there's like a movie where like the character, like a nickname for the character is the movie title. But I don't know what that would be. All right, I've got another one for you and I think we're getting closer. Yep. Following the events of the book, Blank finds himself forced to fight for the life of this young wizard. According to the press release, the film's production cost was approximately 100 million, a number that would grow to 1.1 billion in production after the after the credits. It <laughs> <laughs> Wait, after the, the credits, do they just hand the audience bags of money? The production budget 
multiplied by 10 <laughs> after the credits. <laughs> is this a Harry Potter movie? It is. And and yeah, this is when Warner Order Brothers the just Phoenix. fucking gave up. Uh, it earned US dollars 200 million. <laughs> <laughs> an amount an amount double the size of its predecessor. The film received mixed critical reception, including critical comments, as it was judged to be, quote, too dark, and at least for the briefest moments, quote, too bloody. Actually, this is a whole quote, too bloody, not even for the most violent movie of the year. <laughs> when Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger returned from their winter holidays following their parents' deaths. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! Harry was unable to stop himself from thinking of his father's death and decided to take up arms against Sirius Black, although he was never formally introduced as such. Well, I, the very end of that makes a little bit of sense if it was like pre the end of movie three. Like yeah. Harry's like traumatized yeah. and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go kill Sirius Black. Yeah. I'm gonna break yeah. into Azkaban and kill him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, do you have a guess on which Harry Potter this might be? Yeah, I'm going to say this is the second movie, Chamber no. of Secrets. It is not. I'm going to guess that it is the fifth movie. <laughs> no, Phoenix. it is not. I, I, Half I would Prince. No, the end of this one really actually like <laughs> almost gets it. Harry's going to take up arms against Sirius Black. Is it a Prisoner of Azkaban? It is, yeah. Huh. It was really hitting on something there at the end. So in the um, so yeah, I um, yeah, Prisoner of Azkaban was really lauded for having a most mostly Asian cast. Yeah, if you count just Cho Chang as the cast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so wait, what was I? Oh yeah, in the in the the last one, Pictures decided or Warner Brothers Pictures decided to give the film the title due to quote confusing spelling change of Voldemort's name colon <laughs> Voldemort's. <laughs> It's just Voldemort with an S on it. <laughs> so because his name was Voldemort, because it was changed in such a way, they didn't they call like, it Harry Potter and the Voldemorts. They called it Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, yeah, because they were like, if we do that, they're going to think that there's more than one Voldemort, but there's not. It's just too much. And um, then we can't just call it and the Voldemorts, uh, parentheses, singular, yeah, yeah, it's too, that's way too confusing. Too many words. Change it to Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, this is really good. Um, yeah, Prisoner of Azkaban was crazy when both, um, the Arthur and Molly Weasley and Hermione's parents died over the winter holiday. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like they went on a winter holiday to kill their parents the way you, <laughs> you read it. <laughs> yeah, and, and after that, Harry was just unable to stop himself from thinking of his father's death um excuse me son your mother died too spare her a thought please um, <laughs> harry's like i think the only thing protecting me from being killed by voldemort is that my parents are dead i need you two to go kill your parents too oh <laughs> uh, really harry good. potter is like starting this weird like jonestown except not kill yourself <laughs> kill your parents cult <laughs> okay all right, uh, here's your next one. It follows three friends, one of whom is an orphan that must fend off an evil witch, which seeks to turn him into a vampire to live out Harry its, Potter. its uh, life okay, in terror. <laughs> the film has been scheduled to open in Japan on December 11th before the film company was forced to pull the film late October. 
after the theater in which it was intended to be screened was temporarily closed, its release date on December 18th, not December 11th, was put back to November. <laughs> what a weird reason to cancel a movie screen, like, premiere. Like, oh, the, <laughs> the theater's going to be specific theater. <laughs> Due to the film's production being delayed by a snowstorm. And the fact that the <laughs> film is... a snowstorm? so big and the fact that the film is expected to play in large theater groups now however the movie is expected to open there on december 18th so so far what i'm hearing is three friends one of whom is an orphan so that that could be a whole Mm -hmm. lot of movies yeah star wars (laughs) harry potter presumably the matrix it could only be the first uh the first three harry potter movies because after that all three are all three ron harry and hermione were all orphans that's true i mean it's still accurate to say one of whom is an orphan the other two true. of whom are also orphans. also orphans here's some more um after king uzza in parentheses to say who, who uh played by josh gad Mark Rylance, so this guy was played by two different actors, um, takes yeah, over. Yeah, one did the body, one did the voice, <laughs> yeah. Darth Vader style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One takes over Asriel's village. The villagers are put under his rule and have their houses carved into him in order to be, quote, puppets. King Uzza also starts forcing Asriel to play at a being a part of his tribe while he is still young. In the year 3000, a new land called Middle Earth is discovered on the surface of Earth. <laughs> The humans of Middle-earth have brought many weapons and magic, the elves of Middle-earth, who are considered, quote, God, who are considered the, quote, godfather. That's it. (laughs) You come to me on the day of my (laughs) hobbit's wedding. In the year 3000, a new land called Middle-earth is discovered on the surface of Earth. They live underwater. Not much has changed, but they live on Earth, on the surface of Earth. I don't know if any of this is going to do anything for you. All right, I'm all over the map right now because I heard this uh, is all over Middle Earth, which would tell me it's a Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's I think not. that checks out with like three friends and like someone must be an orphan. Oh, it's not cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Asriel, I think that's like a, a, a an angel or demon or both. Mm, I want to watch it. In like <laughs> just the Bible. <laughs> it's spelled A-S-R-I-E-L. All right, that's almost how it's spelled in in that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, but so Azrael is uh, a, a angel of death. Azazel is a fallen angel. Uh, probably brothers, similar names. Yeah. Anyway, nothing to do with this. Yeah, after King, uh, what Uzza. else was going on in there? There's King like- uh, King Uzza, played by Josh Gad and Mark Rylance, he took over Azriel's village, and uh, the villagers are put under his rule and have their houses carved into him in order to be quote puppets. Right, it, the puppets. <laughs> I say that as if that helps at all. It does not. Is this the Dark Crystal? No, <laughs> King Uzza. Mm-hmm. Is it like he's the third Wu Tang member? <laughs> Like, is it's it like spelled, U-Z-A? It's spelled U-Z-Z-A-H, mm, which actually probably is like member. the closest hint that you could possibly get. Let me see if I can get something else for you. King Uzza is like a hint? Okay. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, in an interview with The New Yorker, Richie spoke about his new story. Quote, 
a young boy, Anar, is raised by his, not his parents, but by his uncle, Abu. He dreams about flying, but he never has. Instead, he has a dream to kill his friends <laughs> because of his uncle's obsession with them. <laughs> his, okay, very his, weird. His dreams of killing are so vivid, so real, that he starts to doubt how he can kill them, end quote. It will be written and directed by Chris Columbus. According to reports, they are currently in the process of casting a new, <laughs> casting a new director and producing it. The film is expected to hit theaters in May 2018. A source familiar with the plans confirmed these reports, adding that the production is still very much in its infancy and at this point in its development and is almost certain an adaptation of a work of fiction. <laughs> in I'm pretty sure <laughs> New it's an adaptation. Are saying this might be an adaptation. <laughs> in the article, Columbus noted that even though Disney made an effort to establish a community between the works by creating a new Disney universe, the quote darkness and darkness of and that's it. Is this the new Aladdin? It is the new Aladdin. <laughs> nice. Um, a young boy, Anar, is not raised by his parents, but by his uncle, Abu, who, if we're talking about Aladdin... The monkey. ...is a monkey. <laughs> and his monkey is so obsessed with his friends that he just has vivid dreams of killing him, of killing his friends. <laughs> that's a Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, very weird. All right, why don't we do one more... Sounds good to me. Also, I had to confirm for, confirm for myself, but Chris Columbus is not directing the new Aladdin. No, uh, it's Guy Ritchie. <laughs> right. Who yeah. did who the early quote in that um the first quote in that in that article was by. There's some like there's some Guy Ritchie Chris Columbus crossover, I would say. Probably. Set 20 years before the events of the main film, the film is a tale of an elderly widow with her house aflame as her young son gets kidnapped and then found abandoned in the wild. Her son, now a fugitive, ends up in England where he is caught and brought before a local judge who enforces the law. It is, his ru it is this ruling that leads to his kidnapping by a gang of vicious murderers and his subsequent release at the, hand, at the hands of the English police. Director Steven Spielberg intends for the film... Uh, intends the, for the film for a family audience to enjoy. The main actors, Ewan McGregor, Gary Oldman, Mark Strong, and Ewan Cusack, all had extensive experience on his prior films, and they all looked at and they all looked as young as their roles made them appear. A sequel titled "The Last House on Earth." was released on 18th of February, 1998, but received negative reviews at several outlets, many praising... <laughs> it's received negative reviews at several outlets, many praising its action-adventure-style films, but some deriding, and that's that. All right, yep. So what are you getting out of this one? So action-adventure, Ewan McGregor. I'm getting Star Wars prequels. Nah. <laughs> All right. Uh, there was like a kidnapping in there. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say that I feel like the closest hint that this whole thing gets is that England. That's about England and nineties. Is it Train Spotting? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Another Ewan McGregor. Nice. There you go. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, the, I've I've found that the years tend to actually be somewhat accurate. That's true. With all yeah. This. Um, I love that uh, the I love the um the frame story for train spotting, which is like Miss Havisham <laughs> and her young son, I guess that kid from great expectations get gets kidnapped. and then it just like goes on from there. Um, train spotting was a, a um a Dickens kind of uh, retelling, yeah. right? Modern Dickens. Yeah. 
an elderly widow with her house aflame. That's just like the state that she lives in. Her house is constantly aflame. Yeah, uh, that sounds right. That's as, as close as I can remember it. It's yeah. all on fire all the time. Yeah. Uh, well, that was very that was very fun. I like never want to not play with Talk to Transformer, but we do have to do something else at some point, I guess. Yeah, I I think while it's still hot, why not just keep using it? But yeah, it's I think so fun. It's kind of like the nature of all this, right? That yeah. like our toys are going to change as time goes by. Yeah. So like. Why not just use whatever toy is popular? It's true, yeah. Uh, if you if you have any ideas for like fun ways to use Talk to Transformer that isn't just like reading stuff and guessing it, um, you can you should can and should let us know. And you can do that a number of ways. One of which is emailing us at robots at backcamp.org. You can also tweet at us at robot typewriter. And we're on Facebook, too. We oh, we live on a website called Backamp, and our theme song is Video Challenge by Anamanaguchi. Let me get you one more. I feel like we got to give one oh, more movie as the outro here. Of course. Why don't you give me one random one and just re- like not play it as a guessing yeah. game. Just tell me what movie it's going to be. All right. So this is uh, this is Whiplash. I, I Instead of getting a synopsis, I accidentally just put in the word Whiplash, which actually... <laughs> is great you know what give me give me a diagnosis of whiplash whiplash transformer which premiered this spring at sundance also stars emily blunt as the mother of the son she adopted from down from down syndrome following his death in 2012 wow she was nominated for her performance confusing she was nominated for her performance as the best supporting actress category for her portrayal of a grieving mother grieving on her own after losing her son in a supporting actress category for portraying her own daughter (laughs) also read john lithgow this is like a headline (laughs) john lithgow is spinning out quote it's not about being funny and it's not about the movies john (laughs) lithgow is losing his mind it's not even about the movies it's not about being funny mckay who directed the good guy or the bad guy (laughs) you can never remember which one he either directed the good guy or the bad guy um also received an oscar nomination for his turn as the husband of the villain of in the film that film which is about a wealthy white man who tries to control the black mob has been dubbed quote the story of the year for the past year according to a statement from the (laughs) academy of motion pictures Arts and science. Wow, do they announce that that prize every year? Anyway. <laughs> the story of the year for the past year. 